We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. of Floyd Street's finest. He's former Louisville assistant Mark Lieberman. I'm Jack Grossman. Thanks so much for tuning in. Only been a few days since we last talked, but Louisville opened ACC play against Virginia Tech on Sunday, and we are going to react to that. A tough one for the cards falling in Blacksburg, a game that was uh, closer than what the final seven-point differential indicated there out in Virginia Tech, but Coach Louisville, again, it felt like it took a similar path to the Texas and especially the Indiana game. So where L steps up in competition, they're playing a power conference opponent, this time in league in the ACC. They're able to do a lot of good things, but at, at the end of the day, they aren't able to get home a win. And the more of these the, they play at first, you know, especially at Texas was, okay, that's a surprise. You you were able to play with a pretty good Texas team. You lost on a buzzer beater at the end of Max Aismas. Then the Indiana game happens. Then this game, there's the it, it becomes less and less forgiving every time you play one of these types of games. Is what I would argue. So, well, yeah, so what, yeah. what's your? I'll, 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 I'll let you go, Coach. But just what's your I mean, reaction to, uh, to to Louisville losing to Virginia Tech? Yeah, look, they they did some some good things, but. Uh, it, it comes down to, again, great defensive teams. And even to be a good defensive team, you can't foul. 
You know, they put them at the line, I think, uh, 27 times. Um, I believe that was the number. But, like, and that's what Louisville's been. Their MO has been going to the free throw line. And then defensively, you know, just the the, the ball screen coverage again, it's just it, – it, it's indecisive. Uh, I thought they did uh, – they shot the ball well. Their offense was a lot more crisp. They moved the ball. They were sprinting in the ball screens. They were sprinting in the cuts. Um, early in the, you know, in the first half, you know, good drives, good kickouts. Guys were n- knocking down shots. Trey White was effective. Um, Huntley Hatfield, they, again, a, a lot of good things. They had a 27-22, I think it's 29-22 Yeah, with about uh, uh, three and a half, four three, minutes Three, three, twelve left in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> and, and those, those are things, Jack, good. I love that you keep track of it. Usually that's me and uh, keeping track of every little meticulous detail. That's why, that's why I love you, Jack. Um, but like, those are things you got to go into that half up eight, 10, 12 points. And you've got to close that out. You've got to have a disposition that you're going to get stops. And they gave up easy baskets. They gave up straight line drives. They gave up, they fouled, you know, they take the, they take a lead by one going into the half. And, you know, I, I believe, uh, VTech comes out and opens the second half out with their run. Just those are things, you know, winning, winning is difficult. And to get against a bottom tier ACC type team like Virginia Tech, which is not their most talented group, they were in foul trouble themselves, you know, to not get to build a lead and try and, hey, that's a game that was winnable for, for this team. That was a game that was there for them. Um, you know, there was a stretch in the first half. Tyler, you know, was out for, for a period of time. Then the second half, there was about a three or four minute stretch. I think it was like from the seven or eight minute mark. I'm sure you got it right in front of you. So about the uh, three or four minute mark and he's out of the game and uh, he just creates things, you know, that they were really, Virginia tech was really struggling in their ball screen coverage. So th- there was opportunities there for him. I love that you brought up the end of the first half. Cause I'll just read it word for word. What I have at, at my little show sheet here, I have Louisville falls to Virginia tech. Then First thing, end of first half, start of second half, change games. Virginia Tech got to the bucket at will. Cards weren't aggressive. Wasted 17 minutes of good basketball. 16-2 run over 5 minutes and 28 seconds to go from right. up 29-22 to 22 to down 38-31. to 31. That, to me, was the entire game. Louisville was dictating that game for the first 17 minutes of that, of that contest. And once they started picking up full court, Scored again early in the second half, half and kind of reestablished themselves. I felt like they controlled the game for a very large portion of, of the contest. I really did. But you can't have that stretch to end the first half and the start of the second half where you just flat out, I don't know, forget what you're doing is the right way of putting it, but but fall to sleep well, or just not following the game plan and just let Virginia Tech get to the bucket, whatever they wanted to. And that yeah. to me was absolutely killer for them. It's an old, I mean, it's an old, I mean, I'm, I'm an Indiana grad. So of course I'm going to quote him, but it's an old Bob Knight adage. The last five minutes of the first half, first five minutes of the second half is what wins or loses games. Louisville, not quite five minutes, but five minutes, five and a half minutes. So last three minutes of the first half, first two plus minutes of the second half, 16 to two, that's the entire game right there. Louisville yeah. had the chance to, to really be in the driver's seat late in that contest and what they did closing the first half and opening the second half really is what, you know, changed things. It, it drastically changed that game. Yeah. You, you can't have, and that, and that's the thing What this team has, has got to figure out. They can't have lapses, even if you're not scoring, 
where you're where you're not just fouling the other team. You're giving up easy baskets. They have those lapses. They have that lead by seven. And regardless if you're scoring or if you're if no matter what transition defense half court and having a disposition, you know, erasing a mistake by somebody else, taking a charge, those type of things. You saw Virginia Tech just taking charges in the first half. I think they took three. Yes, and, they did. <laughs> uh, and, and so, you know, those are things that you can that, that define because winning isn't normal. And so when you're on the road in the ACC, even if it's against a bottom tier opponent, you know, Louisville was right there. They just they have to have a mindset that, you know, can't be offensive sensitive. You're not scoring. It's okay. We can get a stop. We can get out and run because when this team turns you over or they get uh, one of their guards rebounds and they're getting out and going, yeah, they're, they're a formidable team. You've got guys that can get out on a break. Scott Clark, Mike James, Trey White, Tyler, those guys can get out and go. And unfortunately, they have that lapse. You mentioned the 16-2 run. You're up 29-22. I'm watching the game with, with Steve Rummage, and we're just like, this is you have to close out this half right. And – you just you feel you know when you're on when you're on the road you better build up that lead because that team's going to come back and punch you in the face and and unfortunately they Louisville let it go um, before halftime. Where where were you? Uh, where were you and my guy Rummage watching the game at? Oh, we went to Twin Peaks. Oh, nice! Uh, that's a good spot. Yeah. yeah, that's a great spot. Yes, uh, great food. That's the only reason I go there. All right, the food is fantastic. <laughs> that's the only reason um, to go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They uh. They're, they're a sponsor of uh, of ESPN now, and so uh, so we uh, we went over there and we're live tweeting. We had some people come by and whatnot, but um, yeah, it was it, it was great uh, to be there. Um, you just have those moments where you, you you know you almost as a Louisville you know for for people who are Louisville fans and watching the games, it's like all right, what what mistakes are going to happen here late? You're almost you know learning how to win and believing that you're going to win are, are just they're 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 huge. Teams are, you know, and I've been around teams that no matter what the deficit is, you just knew you're going to win because you've just you've you've practiced that way. You've had that you 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 just have a philosophy to know, hey, we can get key stops. We're not going to foul. You know, there's avoidable fouls. We're not going to do those type of things. And, and unfortunately, you know, and you're not going to you're going to get good shots. You're going to get to the rim and set your defense. And this team just has to figure that out, Jack. How do how do you establish that culture? I mean, that's a daily thing. And it's it's a daily thing. It's what you accept. It's never what you teach. It's what you emphasize. And in every every practice, you know, a guy, you know, misses a screen or, or you know, he goes from a good shot to a great shot and doesn't make the extra pass. Those are things you either, if you're not going to be a coach that stops it on the floor, you've got to stop it in film. You've got to explain it. You've got to explain, like you, you break down the Virginia Tech game and you say, look, um, and even going back to the Texas game, like, everyone's going to talk about that last shot by Max and, and the great defense by Sky Clark. But they couldn't There's grab about, an offensive rebound the last four minutes of the game. And, and, and the way they were guarding uh, on, on, on the ball screens. There's 173 other things that you can define. It doesn't come down to a last play. To build that up, you know, the, over, you know, look, the culture and all those type of things, having an identity. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think this team is trying, it's almost, you know, uh, it's crystallizing itself offensively. They realize they want to get into, you know, into some some ISOs, some movement, some ball screens for Tyler and Sky Clark to create. And bodies come off bodies. That's why J.J. Trainer can get a put-back dunk. You know, there's times where Huntley Hatfield could really be a presence down low. I think that's a really big thing for him. It's almost like he wants to show people he's a pro and step out and knock down jump shots and whatnot. I'd love to see him roll harder because that opens up the perimeter. But to your question, Jack, I mean, it's, it's a daily process to learn what winning takes. And, you know, that one time where in a practice – where there's a turnover or something and a guy just lifts his eyes up and then takes his first three steps are kind of like a job that's got to be addressed because that can happen in a game and you can erase a mistake in a heartbeat. So every little thing has to happen. And that's the fun part about, about teaching the game is that you have to just be meticulous with all those type of things because like winning is not normal. And if you don't do those things, you know, that's what happens. And paying attention to detail is such an important thing. And that's something where I think one way to look at it, when it comes to crunch time and winning time, you look at Louisville in ATO situations after timeouts, that entire game. And they, and you know, Josh Pastor in the broadcast, they mentioned this a lot and mm-hmm. I think they were right, but you look at the, the only two points Louisville had during that, that 16, two stretch came after Kenny Payne called a timeout. They drew up a play. Mike James got into the lane and, and hit a layup. Every other time they had an ATO up until the most important part of the game, it was get the ball to, to Huntley Hadfield in the post and let him score over his man. And, and they scored pretty much every time. And, and there were maybe one or twice where they didn't, but they got really good looks out of it. You fast forward though, minute 34 left in the game, Louisville's down three. Virginia Tech calls timeout after they hit free throws. And what does Louisville do out of the timeout? They have Sky Clark picking up the ball short corner and almost throwing it away. So you're not getting into the paint. Louisville calls timeout. Another chance out of the timeout. And what do they have? They have Tyler trying to shoot a a running three as the shot clock expires. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming those aren't what were drawn up out of those, those considering how consistent they were about trying to get the ball inside throughout the game in those spots. But that's where you got to have your attention to detail. You got to execute when it matters most. And Louisville on the offensive end didn't do it in that spot. 
Let me tell you something about drawing up plays. Uh, I'd say about 93% of the time, the play you drew up was not the play that actually happened on the court. But what you've done is you've created great spacing. You've created an understanding. So even if that's not, even if it was, okay, we're dribbling off this ball screen, we're going to hit the lift, he's going to throw in the post. Well, they take something away, but your spacing is so good that your guys understand that because you've been in that situation in practice. So those are things that happen a lot of times. Sure, there's some plays that are drawn up that work. You know, you go back to Texas where you run the, the triple stagger for Sky and he knocks down the three, a tough three, but, uh, you know, he gets that shot. But a lot of times when you draw stuff up, that's not exactly how it's going to end up. So as a coach, you're kind of helpless. And you, you expect your guys to understand what was effective for Louisville this game, you know, Mike James driving straight line drives with his left hand, finishing plays. Those guys were getting to the rim, you know, is, you know, VTech, they had, uh, you know, their big kid could protect the rim somewhat. He was in foul trouble, but you didn't have a great, you don't have great speed on the perimeter. You don't have great uh, athletes at Virginia tech. So that was a game for them just to continue to drive and just, get and create shots you get a paint touch maybe there's a kick out that's what happened on the first play of the game and knocking down the three so as long as you can continue to do that they were sort of going east and west of what you talked about um that was the thing that no matter what jack as a as a coach you know you expect your guys to continue to do the things that are effective and throughout the game they understand and have a feel that's something that's absolutely nurtured in practice but in the game you understand this is where our bread's buttered I don't have to hunt. This is not a time for me to get a me shot. Let me continue to do the stuff that's effective for us. And, this, and, and they could have prevailed. Yeah. That's a spot where you're down three, you get a bucket, pull back within one, anything can happen at, right. at that point. Exactly. You don't, it's very much, you know, there's a minute and a half left. You're down three, a three would be great, but you don't need one by any means with, with that much time on the clock. Heck, if there was 34 seconds left, there's people that would argue you don't need a three. Oh yeah. At, at yeah. that point, a lot of time. Well, you don't, you don't need a, you don't need a bad contested three. What you want to try and do is, is get something off movement. If you get an open three, because you took a body off body and you drew two people to you and Tyler is able or Sky Clark's able to get in the lane and there's a guy on the perimeter. Great. But not dribbling into a contested three. Those are tough. I want to ask you about this because Louisville's defense in that game against Virginia Tech, I, I thought that you've hit on a little bit, left a lot to be desired. I mean, the the pick and rolls, rolls uh, I felt like they really struggled defending there, as you mentioned. But, I mean, like, you look at the stats, you see, okay, Virginia Tech shot 44%. They were 5 of 23. Oh, Louisville defended three-point line pretty good. I really thought Louisville was lucky early in the game defensively. They they did a good job of taking advantage of it on the offensive end and building that seven-point lead. But Virginia Tech missed a lot of open shots in this game. And it, it worked both ways. I mean, MJ Collins hit all three threes he took in this game, and he was 0 for mm-hmm. 11 from, right. from behind right. the yard before it starts. Right. But Virginia Tech was over 35% from, from behind the arc as, as a team. Like, they're not a great team, but they're, they're, they're a good shooting team. Mike Young, obviously – very much known for uh, his offensive mind and and drawing guys, guys drawing plays, getting people open with their spacing on the offensive end. I thought Virginia Tech had a lot of open shots. They just didn't hit. And Louisville, especially once they stopped really staying in front of the ball late in that first half, I I thought Louisville's defense left a lot to be desired in in that game Mm -hmm. against the Hokies. Yeah. There's been a lot of times where Louisville's played hope defense. And uh, just hoping that, that teams miss. And, and that's that that was a scenario in a lot of the games they've played. So for Virginia Tech, they roll really hard. 
And so their lift man, they'd have their shooter come off that lift and the way Louisville was tagging and being indecisive and what they were going to do on those ball screens that allowed those lift guys to be open and they had opportunities. They missed some really open looks, um, both in the first and second half. So you're right. Um, uh, and that stuff, you know, when you go against some teams, man, it's just not, especially in the ACC, you're going to go against some teams that can really knock down shots and you can't, you've got to be two places at once. You've got to be able to tag or plug that role, um, They've got to be really decisive about what they want to do. If sometimes they're soft trapping, like Huntley Hatfield will come out, and that's just that that really does not dictate and dominate what the offensive yeah. team is going to do. If you're going to trap, you, don't buy. you, you got right. you got to go all in and sell out and trap. You, you, can't, like anything you can't be else. soft right. on that. Yeah, right. And, and that's what they do. So there's not active hands. You've got to buy your teammates half a second. And so there were some some open looks for Virginia Tech. Uh, if they're going to decide to switch, which is fine on ball screens switch out, switch violently, switch with active hands, and that's okay. And then they have everybody plug gaps and, and protect. But they've just got to make a – they've got to plant their feet, stand firm, and make a point about what they want to be defensively and figure out that identity because, obviously, they're going to have – you know, they've got, they've got DePaul, they've got Arkansas State, they've got Pepperdine, who aren't very good teams. And, and then it's for real, you know, and then, and then get it that, gets going. Because you know? if you do that against Kentucky – Shepard, Dillingham, Reeves, Mitchell, all those dudes. I know they just lost to UNC Wilmington, but that team shoots the crap out of the ball. <laughs> well, that team, and they're, yeah, they're, they're listen, that's a, that was a tough loss for them, but that team is, is as talented as they come. And, and then, you know, after these three games that Louisville has, that they need to, to, they need to win these games, they need to come out and be seven and four and then feel good about themselves. Learn how to win what we talked about earlier, Jack, find a way um, and, and win decisively and win and put teams away, not be in a, in a, in a battle with, with, uh, you know, New Mexico state and Chattanooga, you know, not, not to be in battles with those teams and UMBC find a way to dominate those dominate, dominate those teams, you know, with a great effort on the defensive end offensively have a mindset that we want to get shoot more free throws than they attempt and then feel good about, Hey, we we're figuring things out. We're figuring out ways to win. Um, so we'll see what the next three games mean for them because then, then Kentucky, then a big break, then Virginia, and then, hey, then it's all, then it's ACC, and, and you know how that goes, Jack. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and it's been, been, you know, as we hit on last time, I mean, it's been better. I mean, and it's maybe the depth is showing a little bit more, too. I mean, Georgia Tech just beat Duke. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68, each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. 
$1,500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. <laughs> a couple days ago here here in Atlanta, and that was uh, – I went to that game. That was a fun game. Did to you go? Yeah. yeah, so I was – I have uh, two of my former players. They're not playing right now. Uh, Lance Terry, he's hurt for Georgia Tech. And uh, Ebenezer uh, – Dewana is a big kid for Georgia Tech. They both played for me at the Heritage School. They're at Georgia Tech. Uh, um, not playing a lot, but, hey, they're there. So uh, yeah, did, you, did you hear yeah. from them after, uh, after that game Saturday? Uh, no, I hadn't talked to them. They didn't get a chance. Uh, Lance is hurt, and uh, EB is, is not playing. But I talk to those guys usually once every couple weeks. So, yeah, big win for, for Georgia Tech. And then, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, beat Duke, beat uh, beat Mississippi State. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, that's two good ones. Wins, and, and I'll say this: like, I went to a couple games right after I moved down here to Atlanta. Uh, for those who don't know, I, I live down here in Atlanta now. But um, I went to a couple games last year. They played Josh Pass or, or or Josh Pastner's teams were out there, and it's not a knock on Pastner. Just you know, the team wasn't great. There wasn't a lot of excitement, and it was you know they have a real McCann's Pavilion is a really nice venue. It's a nice small like big city mm-hmm. type college town but it's yeah. really really nice but yeah. it had the feeling of dang if this team was you know good this would be really fun you get back six seven eight thousand people in here and it's a raucous atmosphere well yep. that's what David Salmeyer's really done already in year one that was a it was a fun crowd it was intense I mean there were a lot of Duke fans too obviously but it, it was it was fun it was a raucous crowd uh what'd you think uh we'll get back to a little bit so what'd you think of Mark Mitchell's tech there late in that game where uh, for those who don't know, yeah. Duke's up four. It looks like they're going to survive the game. Mark Mitchell just had a dunk to complete a four-point possession for Duke, and then he gets teed up for celebrating the dunk. Georgia Tech hits two free throws. It gets a bucket on the uh, other end, tie game, yeah. and everything changed after that. Yeah, you know, I, I I didn't see it live. I saw the highlights of it. I mean, it, it's – look, it, this is where you, you talk about young guys and, 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 and look, everybody, understanding what – referees are calling and understanding those type of things. Um, I, I, I've been on both ends of that. I've had players that, you know, that celebrate and that kind of stuff. You try and keep your poise. You're so excited. Uh, you know, there, there's, I don't know, Jack, I, I almost, I almost think the text need to be like the NBA with just one, one shot instead of two. I'd like um, that. Especially yeah, on so, something like that. That, that one, that right. was a weak tech. Like, yeah, like yeah. I, I didn't I, think there was I knew a lot your there. question. Yeah. Right. There was something there, but at the same time, yeah. uh, you know, that's, that's why college, you know, like it's amazing, Jack, because college basketball, unlike college football and college baseball, I've talked about this before compared to the NBA, it's, it's apples and oranges, even like halves and quarters and how they call it. You know, I believe players should have six fouls. So you're not taking guys out every single time with two fouls in the first half. You're letting your best players play. And I think technicals should be one one shot. Um, I think, you know, um, you know, that changed the whole game. You get two points for something that that's a subjective call by the official. 
But even if it's a even if it's a one shot technical though, you hit the shot and you if Georgia Tech still scores on the next possession, it's still a one point game instead of a four point game. So even though it's not tied, like that's still that would be a very big change change of events there, even with uh, just the one tie. But but I mean it there is. is a difference there. Yes, for sure. Yeah. I, I want I want to talk about this. So so uh, Mike James mm-hmm. going into the season, he was you know viewed as okay, he's going to be one of the guys for Louisville. And he comes out great in the first couple of games, great in the exhibitions. You know, even, you know, on, on Sunday in Virginia Tech, he hits, hits two early threes. He has, you know, kind of the one layup for Louisville during Virginia Tech's run. Doesn't score in the second half, though. Now, I'll give you a couple of stats here, Coach. Outside of the Chattanooga game where James was four or six from three, he's five of 23 on the season. That's 21%. He scored 54 points in his first three games, 35 in his last five. Against UMBC, did a phenomenal job of getting to the free throw line, hit 13 of his 14 free throws. The rest of the year, the other, uh, what is it now, seven games Louisville's played, he's 13 of 18. And this might answer the question on some ends of it, but but he's had some foul trouble issues. I mean, he's, he's had three-plus fouls in four games Louisville's played, including three out of the last four. And against Indiana, Bellarmine, and Virginia Tech, fouling out of that Bellarmine game, having four against the Hokies on Sunday. So Mike James, a guy that we kind of, you know, expected to be one of Louisville's go-to guys here has, has struggled a little bit more on the offensive end than I think we've expected. What, what have you seen from him? Is it something Louisville fans should be worried about long-term or is it more of just a blip, still a small sample size and we'll see what happens uh, here in the next couple games where, where the competition kind of lessens out before it ramps up back, back again with Kentucky. Yeah. I think, I think Mike's a heck of a player. He's so physical. He's got a great body. He's got to learn. He's had some avoidable fouls. Um, even the New Mexico State game, he's late on that plug where where they they missed the two free throws and so on. He, he's so strong. He's a bull. But there's times his technique, you know, and understanding how to be great off the ball so you're not late, and that's where you get some foul trouble. The reaches, the feet, it affects you. And, and a lot of players, uh, Jack, become offensive sensitive. So – you know, if the things aren't going great offensively, they're fouling. And when they're not, when they're fouling, it's kind of getting their head as far as the offensive standpoint. So, look, he's a very good straight line driver. He, you know, he'll get to the rim. Uh, he likes going left. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he's not a crafty, shifty guy, but he can catch and shoot. He's got great size to him. And that's for him to know who he is going into these games. I think he could be a level five defender. And that's just, one of the terms I use where he, there's a lot of things he can do because he can almost switch uh, one through five. But like in some games, you know, he'll switch and then he'll play behind the post. He did that against uh, New Mexico State and against Bellarmine. So like the, the point is like for him, I just I, I would love to see him raise the bar from a defensive standpoint. And when he does that, he could be one of those glue guys and you know, get out and transition, go to the offensive boards, put it back every single time. I still think there's a chance for him to be, I don't know if there's a go-to guy. I don't know if they really have figured that out. If it's sky, if it's Trey white, you know, but you know, this team has to figure out how to play and how to get the best shot for each other. But I think Mike James, his upside's there, but he has to know who he is. And I think the biggest thing for him to be would just be an absolute demon on defense and the points will just come. Yeah, I think when you when you talk about like who's the go-to guy for Louisville, I think it, it's 
not really a specific person, but it's more so just the style of straight line drives, attacking the basket, trying to finish at the rim or getting to the free throw line. Whether that's Mike James, Sky, Trey White, Tyler, uh, you know, posting up Raiden Huntley Hatfield. When Louisville's attacking, that's really when they're at their best on the offensive end. And and trying to figure out, you know, who's the best guy or who's you know, who who are they gonna go to late mm-hmm. in games is one thing. But I think the style of how they need to score points and how they need to get their offense has been established to mm-hmm. this point. Point just, you know, Mike James is a dude that, you know. If he's not with the ball, he needs to move without the ball. He needs to hit his open shots because he, at least him and JJ seem to be the best pure shooters out of the rotation, guys. Yeah, he's the one who comes from shooting from behind the arc. I mean, Trey and, and Sky Clark and Tyler are all kind of streaky, I feel like. Like, the, I mean, JJ probably has the highest percentage on the team. I'd have to check to uh, confirm that. I think but, they're all, I think they're all pretty yeah. streaky. Um, yeah. But like you said, like if they can understand and identify, and and really seem like a really cohesive unit. And hey, if this is working, because you know with their offense and, and their movement, trying to establish, okay, well this is where that weak link is. This is a guy to go into. You know, I I didn't I wasn't very impressed with Virginia Tech from from a defensive standpoint and from an athletic standpoint. It's only going to get tougher as you get into the ACC and then you go against some of these teams that just aren't going to give you the straight line drives. So then you have to be effective and create. Better offense with great screening, great passing, great cutting. Yeah, and that's another part of this as well because, I mean, yes, Virginia Tech and Indiana are both power conference teams, but well, well I, I think Indiana is a very much we'll see proponent about that. We'll learn a lot about them. They play Michigan Tuesday night on the road, Auburn and Atlanta on Saturday, and host Kansas next week. So we'll learn a lot about Indiana here. But Virginia Tech, I mean, Auburn blasted them by – I have it up here by by uh, 17. Florida Atlantic beat them by 34. They lost to South Carolina on a neutral court by two. Mm-hmm. They they haven't blown a lot of people out outside of Compton State, who uh, ironically Louisville blew out. They did they did have a, a nice one over Iowa State, but Virginia Tech. When you think think about the ACC, you've said it a few times they're not exactly near the top or maybe even in the middle right now to where. Yeah, that's a game that could be one even on the road could have been more one of the more winnable games Louisville would have in the conference to this point. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. now now the question becomes, okay, you get DePaul on the road, who I don't think is as good as Virginia Tech, not that Virginia Tech's some world beater, but can you do some of these things you haven't done against Texas, Indiana, and Virginia Tech against DePaul on the road against technically a power conference team? But I mean they're not they're not your typical power conference team no, they're in, not. In, in DePaul to where I think DePaul's a pivotal game for Louisville because if you're able to win that game, win your two home games, be seven and four, that can keep the hope alive of okay, maybe you can sit around and be a competent team. If you lose to DePaul, though, that's where things could get really tough. But but can you apply the late game execution against DePaul? Could you I mean, people would love to see it. Could you just win the game handily by 10, 12, 15 points at DePaul? I think that's too much to ask for for from Louisville at this point. But can you find a way to win the game and make the and make the right decisions late? I think is going to be the big key for them, them on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't think it's out of the realm for them to have a 10, 15 point win. If they're locked in, look, like we just talked about, up seven with three something to go in the first half. You close out the half up nine or ten. On the road, you you sustain a lead. You're up 12 or 13. That that could easily happen against Virginia Tech. 
Um, but they have to understand it's every possession. I mean, it, it's, you, you know, you're, you're playing each possession. You, you can't come down the floor and, and waste a possession and just take, you know, have a live ball turnover and those type of things. The way DePaul plays, they're going to be all over the place and trust gambling and whatnot. You, you know, you got to be solid. You got to take care of the basketball. You know, that, that's been the, the bugaboo again is, is the turnovers and, yep. and not having those and being strong them, with the ball. I believe, against, yeah. uh, against Virginia Tech. <laughs> right. And, and some of them were just egregious and, and some of them were just, yeah. And again, and then the fouling. So look, Saturday is a, is a, is a pivotal game for this team. That's a game that, that I think that they're better than DePaul. I've watched a little bit of DePaul, you know, just uh, not very impressed with, with, with that team. This is a game on the road. Look, you know, and probably not a great atmosphere. I don't think that's going to be, um, you know, it's not going to be rocking and rolling uh, no. there. So let's see if they, if this team can, can have the grit and the things that we just talked about and show it, have a disposition defensively, have that identity offensively, get to the line 20, 25 times. I mean, that would be big. Do, do we know if they're doing the, um, I forget the, which the, church church organizes yeah, the buses, it. But, but, right. but are they doing I, the bus trip up there this I year? I don't know. I don't know. When I was at, we went to we we played there one year, and the buses. Yeah, that was that was just huge. It was a home game for us, and uh, they came kind of late, and all of a sudden it was just massive crowd. So I really don't know if they're doing that. I, I hope for Louisville's sake they are, because it would be nice to have uh a huge crowd for that game yeah because i'll say they did the bus trip down down here to atlanta last year for the georgia tech game and it was purely even a year where louisville went four and 28 i mean there were probably it was probably two-thirds louisville fans in, in mccamish right. pavilion it was pretty fun I mean, like that i mean that game wasn't a blowout which was nice but right but i mean i know i know that was the tradition for a lot of years there there the yeah. easy bus trip up to up to DePaul to chicago there there to make yeah, it I hope, I hope yeah. that's the case I don't, I don't know if they're doing that we'll have to look into that and uh we'll know next pod Oh, we, absolutely. We, uh, we'll know next we'll time. And, and, yeah. and we'll see what happens in that game. And uh, I, I think Louisville wins the game too, because I don't trust the Paul to win basketball games and Louisville, I think can play well enough to win. The reason I don't think they're going to win by like 10, 12, 15 points is just because we haven't seen them do it. And until, and until they put together a 40 minute stretch against a team that's not cop and state and won a game by 10, 12, 15 points, I don't see that happening, but I do think they they will be able to do enough to get the first win of the Kenny Payne era, which would be Louisville's first road win since early January of 2022 when they won at Georgia Tech, which has yeah. been a very long yes. time. But the Cards yes. have a chance about a, possibly as good of a chance they'll have all season to end that stretch here on Saturday. We'll be back next week to react to that game, Louisville and DePaul. For assistant co former Louisville assistant coach Mark Lieberman, I'm Jack Grossman. We'll catch you next time here on Floyd Street's Finest.